Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Tipsy Tennis Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Borak, and today I have a very special guest. I would consider him a great and a lot of influence on the future generation with his tennis coaching and, and really raising top athletes in Austria. Uh, I have a huge pleasure to bring on the podcast, Walking Team. Welcome to the podcast. This is uh, this is the Tipsy Tennis Podcast, and so normally there's a little bit of drinking and uh, you know some fun around it. But today, in honor of that, I'm uh, drinking a Red Bull because I know Dominic he's uh, he's sponsored by by them. When I was in uh, Kirchen, they had a, a fridge for uh, free Red Bull, so I definitely had a few of those. When I uh, thanks again for taking the time to speak with me. Welcome to the podcast, Walking. Hello, nice to meet you, Adam. Um, so the way I like to start off, I like to ask my guests, how did you get started playing tennis? Myself, uh, it's already very, very long ago. I mean, uh, I'm already 50 years old. Started when I was around, I would say, six or seven years old. Uh, I mean, in these times, you know, you had the option to play football or tennis. Not so many uh, other sports like today. And uh, I mean, we played both. We played football and tennis. And in winter, of course, I mean, from Austria, we had to ski. This was mandatory to go to go for for skiing in the winter, and in the summertime we were playing football and tennis. And uh, with six seven years, I started in uh, in the small club in my hometown. Mm-hmm. When I was actually in Austria, I went skiing for a few days to um, Schladming. Man, the, the the slopes that are in um, that are in Austria just completely like knocked me out. I was in last uh, the whole three days that I was supposed to be there. I only went for two. No, I mean, we have amazing areas for skiing in Austria. Uh, I would say six, seven, eight really nice areas. Mm -hmm. Uh, For us Austrians, I mean, uh, we go skiing in the winter. Uh, But I have to say myself, I mean, uh, uh, last two, three years, I I was barely skiing because with traveling and with uh, with working and uh, also with this uh, situation with Corona, the last two, three years, it changed a little bit. But uh, in general... Uh, if there is a nice weather and if there's good snow, uh, we always try to ski a little bit. So you started playing tennis from a very early age. Were you a competitive junior? Were you playing internationally? I was playing on the national level, mm-hmm. but I never played international because um, I didn't have these possibilities uh, because, I mean, there were some small uh, centers, uh, but uh, it was not possible to go to these high-quality centers. So I was practicing, as I said in the beginning, in my in my hometown with uh, with some uh, a private coach. But I always enjoyed it. I always liked it. So I played national, I played junior tournaments, and uh, I was also uh, a little bit ski racing mm-hmm. uh, young. And I was uh, visiting a, a school, a special school for sport. So uh, I was always very very connected uh, to sport, mm-hmm. uh, to football, to tennis, to skiing, to basketball. Uh, so for me, it was a quite nice time because uh, we always moved around. And tennis was, in the end, uh, my passion. And uh, that was the sport which I, I liked the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, then somehow after school, uh, I started uh, to work as a coach because uh, with 20, 21 years, uh, Dominic was already born. We were very young parents. And mm-hmm. then I needed to step from playing uh, tournaments to coaching you started off coaching dominic yes i mean dominic uh dominic was uh when we when dominic was born we were very young and uh, my wife and me my wife is also in the tennis business she was in the tennis business uh, uh we we were caught and, and and dominic also always came with us 
mm-hmm. I would say no, no other possibility uh, because the grandparents, they were also working and uh, so he came with us. And uh, I would say from the first day on, uh, he enjoyed uh, the time on the court and uh, uh, whenever you give him a ball, he was happy. Doesn't matter football or tennis ball, you gave him a ball and he was quiet and uh, he was super happy. I would say with uh, three years, he started already uh, playing with us and uh, then we had some tennis camps also in Vienna in the summertime, so he came with us. Uh, So, you know, the thing is everything uh, didn't happen on purpose. It happened because we had no other possibility. Therefore, he came with us. And then everything developed very slowly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's actually pretty similar to how I started playing tennis. Um, My parents were not tennis players. Uh, I have an older brother who's uh, about four years older. And uh, my parents started signing him up for tennis lessons. And because like uh, my grandparents, they didn't live in in the U.S. um, So they weren't able to do that. And then we couldn't really afford like a, a nanny or like babysitter. So I was like from very young age, like three, four years old, I was like on the tennis court without, you know, no other options. And then, uh, you know, slowly without really much idea of what we were, what we were getting ourselves into. So it sounds like Dominic, he was very passionate from the, from the very beginning, not only for tennis, but also for soccer, for uh, for football. I know he's amazing uh, football player. I've seen plenty of videos of him kicking the ball around. At what point did it become less of a hobby and more of like more goal setting and, and. Uh, trying to progress through juniors. This is this is a this is a I would say difficult question because Dominic uh, had so much passion for this sport, and uh, he realized very late that uh, it's not it's not a hobby or it's not a, a game anymore. It mm-hmm. it's, it comes to a job. I would say this was later. This was with uh, probably nineteen twenty, and he was he was fighting with this uh, situation. Uh, because uh, making money, uh, having to having to deal, learning to deal with the media, uh, giving interviews, stuff like this, uh, he 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 had to he had to fight with this because in the beginning he it was not not on his um, uh, he he didn't expect this because from the from from the early from the early age from the beginning he always played tennis. Because he loved the game, he liked the game. Doesn't matter if this was at under 10, under 12, under 14 national, later on under 18 juniors when he was already traveling around playing uh, the, the, the slams because he played uh, more or less all, uh, all junior slams two times. Uh, still at this time, he, he enjoyed the time so much there because there were two other Austrians. They were friends of him. And uh, it, I'm, I, was, uh, I was traveling with him most of the time and I was... Uh, I was very close by, and I, I, I have to say, uh, for him, I think this was uh, a super quality time, and he enjoyed this time. Beside, ten- of course, as soon as he stepped on court, uh, he wanted to win, and he wanted to 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 give uh, everything on court. But he also enjoyed the time off court, and uh, I think this is some some very important point. Uh, what nowadays sometimes happened that the parents, coaches, whatever, they are forcing the kids too early to become too professional. Uh, what does this doesn't mean that I'm, I, I, Dominic was always professional on court already when he was 11 or 12 because he, because he was an unbelievable fighter and uh, as we said, as 
super passion for the sport, but beside he enjoyed it. And and beside he was let's say a kid. But nowadays they they, they the kids they, they play tennis and, and beside they already have social media and this and that. So they 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 have not the time to enjoy uh their 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 time as a kid or as a junior. Yeah. I and mean, you you know what I mean. And this uh costs you a lot of energy. And uh I I I have the opinion that every human being has a, a certain amount of energy. And if you blew out the energy in early ages, then you miss it somehow later. Probably mm-hmm. really uh when it's really getting interesting when you come on the tour, because I mean, if you are under 14, under 16, under 18, the number one, the number 10, or the number 100 doesn't affect uh, anything. Uh, of course, you have to show that you have talent, that that you that you have the the qualities to probably compete on the on the tour level, but uh, they are focused too much on the rankings and not on the development, and also not on off-court situations because kids, juniors, they have also to enjoy the off-court situation. Mm-hmm. So that's actually uh, what I wanted to get into. My next uh, question is like, how much was it of you pushing Dominic versus Dominic pushing himself? I would say Dominic was pushing tennis-wise uh, 100% by himself uh, because uh, he always he always liked it. Uh, he he never he never asked he never asked how long I have to practice. Doesn't matter if he was practicing one hours or four hours. He did it. He did it because uh, he he loved it, not because he had to do it, because he loved it. And uh, I I never saw saw a kid again uh, which was practicing, for example, four hours and then taking the racket and then playing with the ball against the wall or taking football and making some skills, as you said before. So he was uh, he was uh, patient or or his passion for 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 every ball sport mm-hmm. and. So for this, it was it was easy uh, in this period. Uh, um, the challenge was probably a bit later, as I said in the beginning or before, uh, when he realized that uh, okay, now it's also job, and 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 uh, there are certain parts of the job which probably I don't like that much, but I have to do it because they are part of the job. So for this, you had to 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 push him a little bit to do it. Uh, but uh, this took also probably three, four, five years, and then uh, you know he was experienced enough, and 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 then uh, nowadays, I mean, he knows uh, what to do. Everything is routine, I would say. You also have another son, Moritz, uh, who's a bit younger. We see like a few times, uh, you know, two siblings uh, trying to play. I mean, Venus Serena is, I think, the most uh, obvious one, but I know like Novak as a younger brother, Tsitsipas as a younger brother. Even uh, Zverev, Misha, and uh, Sasha. From what I saw, he also tried to play um, professional. Is he playing professionally, or is he trying to, or you know? Oh, he stopped. He stopped uh, in 2020. But you know, for me, it was always important from the beginning on, uh, from the early age of my kids, that uh, they they have to do or they had to do something, or how they can spend their time after school. Because for me, I was always scared. When they become 17 or 18, they come to the puberty and uh, they start going out and uh, they they start enjoying the social life. And for me, I never wanted 
to sit at home uh, and be scared that uh, they are driving around, drinking alcohol, whatever. And with sport, uh, and get 100% sure that they come on a completely other track. Doesn't matter how good they become. I mean, you have now Dominic, he's on the top, top level. And Moritz, I mean, he was also a good player. He had three ATP points. He was number 14, 15 in Austria. But even if you're a little bit uh, uh, worse than, than this level, you can go on the college. Uh, and uh, and you have uh, you have also passion for this sport and you have a level on this uh, at this sport uh, with with how you can uh, can which which you can put in your in, in in parts of your your of your of your life you know and therefore you go in a more sporty direction and uh, you get more self confidence your friends uh your 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 surrounding is is more sporty and and this was for me uh very important from the beginning on uh and uh, of course i mean if you have a two sons and and the older one is is so good and the younger one probably not that good it's always a little bit difficult but uh now i have to say they have an unbelievable relation they are their best friends and uh Moritz is also working now for dominic he's he's making everything he's organizing uh the the, the off-court things he's, he's, he's kind of managing everything from him and you know as a parent this is super nice when you see uh, that uh, that your kids have such a good relation. So my brother and I, we didn't have the best uh, tennis relationship growing up, unfortunately. Um, and that's because we were four years apart. So there's like enough uh, age gap that, uh, you know, he, he's obviously going to be better, uh, at least like when we're juniors. But we started hitting when I was like 13, 14 years old, maybe a little older, maybe 15, 16. Uh, I, I, that's when I hit like my peak in tennis and there was a lot of, uh, rivalry between us where we kind of took a little bit different approach of like, I want to be, I want to be better than you. No, I'm better than you. No, I'm better than you. So it's, it's really nice to hear that. Like they have a very, you know, strong relationship with that. What's the age di difference between them? In six years, I mean, they, they didn't spend so much time in early ages because when Moritz was, uh, six years Dominic already started to to travel with 12 13 years and then when when Dominic uh when Moritz was 10 12 years uh Dominic was uh, 30 35 uh, weeks a year uh, not at home yeah. and uh, therefore they didn't see that much probably this is also the reason why they have such a good relation now and and for the for the 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 the, the age difference is too big they never played in 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 tournaments together but uh, the big problem for Moritz was that everyone compared him with Dominic. You know, I mean, of course, the style, the style, the shot, the technique, it looks similar because of you You try to copy your your, your brother. He played the same uh, the same brains like uh, Adidas and Babarat, a one-handed backhand. And, you know, then you have always the, the, the people saying, ah, the younger brother, he's better, the younger brother, the younger brother. It's similar, I mean, for example, with Djokovic's brother, everyone's in, ah, the younger brother. And there's one more younger brother. He's even more better. And uh, also Tsitsipas. But it's difficult for the young ones. I mean, if you have a if you have a brother which is on the on the on the on the top 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 level, uh, it's very, very difficult for them to to reach also these goals. And uh, I mean I admire uh 
players like Zverev or, or, or Williams or, or, or different uh, Prado sisters, uh, which both are, for example, in the top 100, because this is, this is, we know how difficult it is to, to, to break through top 100. And then if you, if you have two kids, which, uh, which, uh, which are top 100, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's hard enough getting one person in the top 100, let alone two. <laughs> You know, and I, I think also to kind of build on your point, like, you know, that constant comparison and, and a lot of like media pressure, there's certain expectations that players put on themselves or other people put on them. You know, I think something a little bit similar is like Verdasco and Nadal, everyone, everybody was like Verdasco was in the shadow of him or like Vavrinka and Federer or even like uh, Dimitrov and Federer. You know, everybody says he's like baby fed. I see how it could be um, quite annoying and distracting. It's actually funny you bring up like, it's like very similar technique, Moritz and Dominic. When I, when I came to uh, Vienna and I was playing with um, with the guys over there, I'm not I'm not playing at like a professional level. And like my tennis career is a little, has transitioned into a little bit more, you know, recreational leisure, still trying to compete at a decent level. But one thing Rico was, was always telling me is like, everything needs to be higher and like following through and everything. And when he when he was telling me this, it's a little bit different from my normal technique. I'm like, okay, for him to stop constantly critiquing every single shot that I do, let me just hit my forehand like team, like Dominic. It's important when you have a academy or when you when you develop a young players uh, that you have to to follow uh, some some key points, some some steps. Uh, let's say a red line because. Uh, you need also for your coaches and uh, also for the younger players. Uh, you he, you you have to give them give them a clear uh, definition of your philosophy, mm-hmm. because then it uh, you can spread out. You know, because of, we all know that every tennis player is is, uh, is individual. Every professional tennis player, there are different uh, ways uh, to become successful but also from early ages on when you develop players you have to give them uh the the important key points okay for example the grips uh the preparation the finishing stuff like this and whatever they are doing later if they if they develop uh they they, they develop their individual game styles but i have to say i I'm not a friend of let's say everyone should play how he wants. Uh, we we are we our philosophy is to do uh, to, to work very very uh, strict in technical parts and and this is this is our philosophy. This is also what uh, what I was doing. Uh, I was 20 years in another academy where where I also got this philosophy, and uh, of course everyone adapts it a little bit and changes a little bit because you also need to put your your personal uh, say, uh, philosophy into the into the development, but mm-hmm. uh, overall it's completely clear uh, <clears throat> which key points we 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 follow. Mm-hmm. How do you see tennis evolving in the future, and how does that influence your coaching now? I mean, the the basic things that didn't change the last thirty years, I would say. Yeah, I mean, since the time. They they came uh, to more topspin. Uh, the grip uh, on the forehand changed, of course, from continental to more forehand grip, uh, probably to more semi-western grip. Uh, and um, but but overall, I mean, uh, 
the basic technical stuff didn't change. I mean, I started coaching in 92, 92, 91, 92. And uh, since this time, I mean, it's, uh, it, it's not changing that much. For example, if you compare it to ski or whatever with this, with this carving technique, stuff like this. But what changed a lot is the energy, the intensity, the pace of the game. But this is something what comes automatically because uh, when when the juniors were playing slower 15, 20 years ago, going for longer rallies, uh, uh, now 10, 15 years later, they play faster. This, mm-hmm. this, this, I mean, what is adapting year by year? And, and, and the players are adapting to this to this to this to this to this level and they are raising automatic automatically their level because they're competing with this with with, with the other kids yep. so um to 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 repeat myself i think it's important to to give the, the technical key points mm-hmm. and and the rest uh, is of course developing uh, with also with the time the sport is changing it's much more uh, fitness now it's 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 uh it's uh it's much more uh physio for example now already younger players working with a physio uh so so this is a big change compared to to 20 years ago but uh on the other side we can see that the players are playing now until 35 36 without any problems i mean if you see for example novak is already 36 uh, Rafa is 37. If you see Dominic now, probably the best age uh, in tennis because they invest so much in the regeneration, in the in the physiotherapy, also in the fitness. Um, and I think this all together, this this is this is a change which which happens uh, not from 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 today to tomorrow. This is something what changes over the the past 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. Do you ever bring up college tennis as a stepping stone? To be to be to be to be honest, probably around I would say 30, 40 players on the college in, in, in the last 15, 20 years. I also had a player many, many years ago with, with whom I was practicing and he was also on the college and he, and now he has some some company uh, which brings the players uh, from 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 Austria uh, to the colleges. So I work with him together, and uh, whenever I have some 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 girl, some boy, which is interested, I contact him, and he 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 solves everything from the tests and from from the from the uh, choose of the of the of the college. But uh, in Austria, I would say the situation is like this: when you decide to go to the college, is more or less the same when you quit your dreams to become a professional player this this is because the the players which have the feeling they can make it or they they play they want to play on the tour they don't go on college so to see the college as a step uh probably to 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 prepare three four more years and then go on the tour uh, this is in austria we, we don't have the situation yet probably it comes mm-hmm. uh because I can I can explain you this uh, this quite uh, uh, clear uh, because the really good players uh, the really successful players they would never go to college. I mean, you you bring it up that like Dominic is at, like at a very good age, um, and I think like most of the average age of like top hundred players is around like 27, 28 years old. You know, if you're let's say you're eighteen year old 
uh, player and you and you need to make it, or maybe even 17, and you need to make the decision, do I want to go pursue professional tennis or go to college? You know, one thing that kind of comes to my mind is like, if your peak, if you're 10 years, like when you're 17 years old, you're 10 years away from your peak. Like, you know, not everybody can be like an Alcaraz or Nadal who like from very young age can just dominate the game. Quite expensive to be a professional tennis player. You know, most of the time, especially in the beginning, like you're going around traveling to these tournaments and losing money. Uh, and even if you do win anything, it's usually not much. College is like a, and the reason I say it's like a stepping stone is like, is because like you have so many years before your peak and there's a lot of like physical development that you need to do as well. Do you see that as a, as a way or is it a maybe more part of the culture in Austria that there's of not? Course, of, of, of course, this, uh, this could be a way, this could be an option and it's a good argument what you're bringing that uh, to, to get more, more time to developing the game, to developing developing body wise, uh, because when you start then with 23, 24, you still have uh, four or five more years to 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 to, to come to the peak. But uh, as I said, the culture in Austria yet is not to see college tennis as a step to professional tennis. Yeah. Uh, it uh, more or less uh, now the step to 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 quit. Uh, the, the the dreams to play professional and uh, to make a uh, university and and uh, to to uh, uh, to go into after this to to, to start working. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, last last summer I had one player and uh, he made uh, he made his first uh, ATP points. So I think he had three four ATP points, and um, you know the family. Uh, is uh, the father is a doctor, the mother is a lawyer, and they they always forced him to to finish school stuff like this. But he he was he was uh, in love with tennis, and then uh, we decided okay we 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 give him a, a coach uh, a touring coach. Uh, he was traveling then for for six seven eight months. He was uh, uh, increasing his level, uh, amazing. He made his first ATP points, uh, and then some guy came from the college and offered him uh, a 100% scholarship and also some money and, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. And uh, then he was, uh, he had to decide what I'm doing. I'm going to become professional or I'm going to to, to, to college and probably uh, to fully file more the expect- expectations from my family. Mm-hmm. And he decided then to go to college, okay? And uh, I mean, I'm I'm in contact with him, and he's happy. He liked it, and he he's uh, super happy with the decision. So this is okay for me, you know. But I think every every player, every person has to decide it also for for him. Mm-hmm. But uh, my personal uh, thinking is that uh, I would never recommend a very good player, very good junior, to go to college. This is this is my this is my opinion, but. Uh, for Austrian players, not for American players. For American players, it's different because probably they have a, they have a, they have a better surf, uh, uh, a better treatment, a better coaching on the on the colleges. But uh, for Austrians, if if you have a very good player, I think it's better to to continue working uh, individual and and uh, do to trying uh, become professional from this side. Mm-hmm. So uh, time is running out. I have one last question for you. It's kind of like a two part. What was your or what is or what was uh, your favorite part about touring with a professional tennis player and what's your least favorite part? 
I was more or less visiting all tournaments. I, I visited all slams. I think uh, to 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 be so close with other players, uh, to be uh, to be so close with uh, with the whole tournament, to uh, be, for example, at the at the slams in the players' area and the locker to see uh, how the players are preparing for the match. Uh, for example, when mm-hmm. Dominic was playing final against uh, Rafa in Paris, to see Rafa two hours before the match, one hour before the match, two minutes before the match. I think these are amazing uh, experiences and uh, this is something what I would never miss. I mean, about the, about the worst things, I think a tennis player and also the coaches they cannot uh, complain about anything because they 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 got treated uh, like uh, like no one else because they have super hotels they have super facilities uh, they have uh, shuttle service uh, sometimes they flying private they flying uh, business class so they they can choose the best restaurants whenever they have some wishes uh, everyone tries to. Uh, to fully file these uh, these uh, these wishes, and uh, of course they, they they have to they have to deliver on court, and this is this is this is very very tough because uh, to deliver in front of uh, twenty three thousand people in Asahi is uh, is can be very very tough. But uh, the life beside tennis off court, I think they they cannot complain because uh, they do what they love, they do what they want, they get everything. Uh, and this is something what uh, what what uh, what what uh, is for the for the probably top uh, fifty players, top hundred players. And uh, when you step back to to challenger level or the future level, of course, then uh, uh, it's a bit different. But uh, two weeks ago, I was in Turkey for for some for two futures. Uh, what uh, the treatment of the player, the possibilities, the practice courts is is really good compared to 20, 25 years ago. I mean, uh, the, 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 the money they had to pay for the flights or for the hotel is okay. And this is a four-star hotel. And uh, the situation also for them is, I would say, quite good. And they also cannot complain about what they can complain is probably about the points and the price money because this is tough. Because if you win the tournament, even you go, you go home with a minus. But uh, about the quality of the of the of the of the hotels of the shuttle service, uh, whatever is is good. And uh, in in total, I would say to play tennis, uh, to to try to become a professional player, is such a nice job, uh, or is, is is such a good possibility. Every junior he who, who has this dream, I would try to support him and and give him all possibilities. Uh, that uh, his dreams come true and uh, this is uh, how I see this and uh, this is also uh, with uh, with this passion I go to work every day. Mm-hmm. Very inspiring words from you and really working hard and as you know as you said it like you know the passion to go day in day out for the last 20 something years is really is something we need. I think we need more people who are just like unconditionally you know passionate for the sport and really trying to make an impact. And even if it's an impact, you know, on your on your own kids and trying to give them those opportunities, but to extend that into, you know, the next generation of Austrian players has very, uh, very big impact and, and a very positive impact as well. 
uh, on your community, but the tennis community um, altogether. That wraps it up for this episode. Thank you again for taking the time. Thanks a lot. Huge pleasure. And uh, it was a huge honor to have uh, somebody with so much influence hop onto, hop onto my podcast. Uh, it's not something I, I expected six months ago uh, when I started. Uh, so it was really cool and uh, really insightful and inspiring stuff to hear from you. Nice to meet you. All the best. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Tipsy Tennis Podcast. Shout out to Sebastian Offner for helping to put this together. He made it to the fourth round of the French Open this year. What an accomplishment. If you haven't already, follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Tipsy Tennis Podcast. I have so much coming out. A lot of good things in store for you guys. I wanted to mention for the first time in the podcast career, uh, another project that I'm working on. I am a software engineer who is developing a, call it a social network for tennis and racket sports altogether. It is in its infancy. We are looking for our first users. So if you're interested in seeing what else I'm doing, go to netpost.app and you can find the app over there it is on ios right now for iphones and then we are rolling out a web version as well so doesn't matter what device you're using you'll be able to use access it and for anybody who is still listening thank you so much for the support i've gotten a few messages on instagram telling me that uh they like my stuff which definitely helps motivate me so if that's you don't be shy and thank you for anybody who did until next time my friends stay tipsy